Well, we hello, have... everyone. I think I have orange pulp in my teeth, too, but whatever. That's the only way I start this show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bacon Show. I'm Stefan. And I'm Mike. And we need to work on a better intro. Yeah, we do. We're going to write that down. Yeah. Put that in the show notes. Better intro <laughs> next time. <laughs> it's, it's, yes. Totally. Uh, so we, we are tackling sapiens today, huh? Such a cool subject that I am so late to. <laughs> yeah. Like, this has been out for years, and I'm like, what is this? Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Oh, I'm so late. <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never, though. Oh, man. I, I have the book. It's on my Kindle. I started it, but I got sidetracked, mm-hmm. and I got maybe like a couple hundred, maybe a hundred pages into it. You know, it's so tough. I So I got the audio book. Mm, okay. And you look at it and it's like, oh, 14 hours, 12 minutes and 44 seconds. 14 hours is a big commitment. It is. Overall. And of course you spread that out, but you know, it can be intimidating. When I had my awesome Los Angeles commute, I started listening to audiobooks. Mm. And then I stopped because I found myself with the better audiobooks getting kind of enthralled. Oh no. And getting like 20 minutes down the road and thinking, I don't remember the last 20 minutes of driving. <laughs> how did how did I get here? Exactly. That's yeah. The cars that don't drive themselves yet, Mike. Right. Just hold off on yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Soon. <laughs> Soon. Soon. So anyway, uh Yoval Noah Harari wrote a book called Sapiens. And I recently stumbled across uh youtube video that i guess he's talking i don't know what at, at what event but he's basically summarizing at least a portion of the book yep and i thought that was really interesting send it over to mike and here we are we're going to talk about it yeah let's do it where, where to start with this well the thing that i feel like is the big whoa i didn't understand this kind of moment and if in in case there's like a lot of, I think, uh, framework that we might want to discuss to put this into context. But yeah, the thing that I felt was amazing is the basis for human domination on Earth has been our ability to flexibly organize around belief systems. And in the video, he called them stories referred to them as fictional stories, but essentially a belief structure that humans can come together and work together around, which no other species on planet Earth is capable of doing that to the scale that humans are capable of doing that. Right. And that that has allowed us to dominate the planet. That's what got me into it to begin with, too. Like that whole concept was just like, mm-hmm. yes. Like I had heard some other people kind of talk about the idea of why are humans around and Neanderthals not. Yeah, it's right. It's because yeah. we could gather around stories and ideas or people mm-hmm. and create cities and work together, unlike yes. any other species. 
And a large part of that has to include imagination. I mean, if you think about it, the ability to create these stories and make them such a part of our almost lore, you know, our uh, legend, you know, and the imagination required to do that is pretty, pretty unique. Yeah. And to make them meaningful enough. Yeah, exactly. Follow someone or do something, you know, collectively. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And I guess there there are other examples of species that work well together, like uh, ants and, uh, you know, other um, certain types of organisms mm, like that. Bees. The diff- bees, correct. Yeah. I guess the difference with humans, as part of what he described in that video, which we can link to, humans have a flexible or the ability to be flexible to where if something changed in our environment that required massive change in order for us to survive, we're able to do it. Ants can't change their social structure on a dime. Right. They'll just fall apart. Yeah. Bees are not going to rise up and say, (laughs) if if we empower the worker bees, we can take over the job of the queen. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing though? <laughs> it would be. Makes for a good hey, that would make for a good movie. I would watch that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Seinfeld do that movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes. I think that's what that was about, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I mean, for me, that really helped explain human behavior around religion, politics uh commerce um you know human rights Mm -hmm. all of these things that are that are stories meaning that they're outside of biology they're at outside of natural or naturalistic um events or the ways things the way things operate but they're stories that we've subscribed to over time I'm like, wow, that's, I used to call things like religious belief superstition. And and, at some levels it is superstition, meaning that, you know, you, you're having a belief in some sort of supernatural power, Mm -hmm. but um, it's quite bigger. It's, it's a little bit bigger than the idea of just people are superstitious. It's that um, this is like an inborn concept where humans are probably seeking out these belief systems to belong to. It seems like it's an inborn, innate kind of desire to be part of a belief structure with other humans, like as a means to survive and to work together towards survival. Right, right. And there's there's the whole communications theory, narrative, I think it's narrative communications theory or something like that, narrative communications something about uh, that talks about how humans understand especially complex issues through story. Mm. And I think that kind of relates to this totally. in a little bit. And um, it also helps, exp- you know, kind of explain narrative communications theory because we want to go to story. Yes. Like, like we want to gather around that and form community almost. Yeah. And, you know, that's how you get 
millions, if not billions of people running the same direction right. who don't, who don't know each other at all, have no intimate connection at all, but we're all kind of moving in the same direction because we have this narrative mm -hmm. that we subscribe to that, like you said, it's just our preferred way of communication. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think it's becoming, as we see, like the the ways that communication is, uh, is distributed becoming bigger and quicker, I think we're starting to see this uh, clearer, maybe. Yes. As changes happen faster. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we're starting to see it unravel. Yes. Even faster. <laughs> yes, indeed. So... Uh, from what Harari says in the video, and I'm sure it's a big part of the book, what disrupts this belief system or any belief system is technology. Mm -hmm. And he went through several examples in history where, you know, whether it's the industrial revolution or um, electricity or mass transportation, these things would disrupt the current belief structure, whether it was a political one or a religious one. And there were really two responses to these kind of disruptions. One was a pushback. Yeah. So a group of people who we would call fundamentalists would hold on to the old belief structure and try to claim that in, in spite of it being old, mm -hmm. <laughs> we still had answers to the future, to all the challenges that this technology would bring. Um, and, and in a large way, I kind of see perhaps, you know, not the, the, the 2016 political environment that brought us uh, Trump yeah. as a response to a group of people trying to cling to a specific period of time or, you know, when America was, was great again, let's move back to that. Right. Despite think, technology pushing us in a different direction. Yes. And I think it's even, uh, I think it's even more than that. Cause I think it's people who want to do that. Also understanding this idea that story gathers humans and keeps them together and gives them into movements and uh, is taking advantage of that to manipulate their own group into not moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> into disrupting like the, uh, the march towards the future. <laughs> yeah. If you want to call it that. Well, and a good example is this, of this is uh, the concept around jobs mm -hmm. and how you've got a certain type of job that's clearly going away. Yes. And speaking about the politics in the U.S., you know, the, the coal mining job was one thing that Trump ran specifically on yeah. as far as, you know, making sure those are protected. Those Perfect illustration. Yeah, right. And so yeah. these people who were trained in these coal mining towns to be a coal miner and not on technology or anything that involves, you know, what's coming down as far as renewable energy, solar, wind, you know, these types of different 
things that will be our future. They just simply wanted to hold on to the coal. And Trump, you know, saying, I'm going to protect the coal. The coal is here to stay, that type of thing. Yeah. Instead of working towards a solution of knowing that these jobs are going away. Right. And are never coming back. Correct. Yeah. Uh, using this platform to say, you know, we're going to grow coal. We're going to make coal bigger than better than ever. Clean coal, Clean I think, coal. as well. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. can coal, can, I mean, maybe coal can be clean. I'm not sure, but I don't think it can be as clean as solar, for instance. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying clean political money. There's no such thing, <laughs> at least not in America. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So, I don't know. It just seems like you can delay technology disruption, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can block it, like no. especially when enough of the world, enough of humans have a free market. Right. The technology is going to come no matter what. Yeah, it's going to go. So I had an interesting story that kind of illustrated this idea of uh, the future not meshing with a belief structure or belief system of the past. Mm. Um, I had a lunch one time with a couple of friends that were Christian. And somehow we got on the topic of technology, uh, interspersed with topics of religion. And the idea came up about uh, SpaceX, Elon Musk, and the idea of uh, colonizing Mars. Okay. And the one, one guy was like, you know, when he thought about that, he's like, I don't think we're ever going to do it. And so, to, you know, I was interested, well, why not? Well, because... In his view of the Bible as a Christian, God was going to return to the earth and not to Mars or not simulcast it <laughs> to the Martian no. people right. at the same time. And of course, in the Bible, uh, did they even know Mars existed? I don't even know. Like 2,000 <laughs> years ago, did we have a concept of planetary systems I don't i'm not think sure so. i don't think i don't so. think so either we definitely didn't know about the germ theory we didn't know yeah about a lot of different things so you know they they wrote it in a way where god was coming back to earth to bring all the saved people to heaven and yeah. uh and i guess it was just stated that all the other planets that humans were living on were just going to miss out did exist i hope you're not <laughs> on the space station I know. I know. Is that exempt too, or I mean, how well, does that work? You might, you might have a good vantage point to see it happen, That's but it's still unknown if you're going to be part of it or Maybe not. Maybe you can get down in time. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Pull the you shoot. Know, <laughs> you know, there's ah, so many so, things wrong with that. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it just it just illustrates how f- technology mm-hmm. is so incompatible with especially older, um, in this case, religious texts or just belief structures altogether, Yeah, that they're going to be disrupted. Another example of this that I find really fascinating is about curing death. Mm. Now, there's a company that Google founded that, that their mission is to cure the disease of death. And the concept is that it's not a metaphysical problem. It's simply a technical issue. And I think the more they find out about why humans age and die, the more they understand 
this is merely a technical problem. And there's yeah. plenty of examples of other organisms that have these massive lifespans because they don't have some of the same issues that they're finding. So imagine tomorrow death for humans is cured. What is that going to do to the salvation story specifically in the Bible or you have other religions that have the afterlife story. Right. When you no longer need to, to subscribe to a religious doctrine for immortality. It's a where's problem that, for it's where's a pro- the, <laughs> it's a problem for fundamentalists. That's it. Where's that belief structure going it's to go? It's not a problem for a lot of us, but it's a problem right. for fundamentalists. Right. If your belief system is not uh, if your wisdom tradition you know, is based on you believe on you living forever in an afterlife and not on concepts of grace or concepts of bottom-up power instead of top-down power, you're going to have problems. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to fight against the, you know, this new technology. Well, they'll... And- it could be in the form of demonizing the technology, like, right. well, this is dangerous, or mm-hmm. this is, um, you know, un- uh, unnatural, we're, we're meant to die, and these types of things. Yeah. But there's, there's, there is really no written prescription for death. It's just what nature does naturally to humans, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it's just a part of what we know from our history now, but I guess that that simply means that it doesn't actually have to be something that the future holds for us. It could be a a scenario where, Oh, well, yeah, humans just don't naturally die. They might get in accidents, right? but you know, and and barring that you're going to live forever. I think we're seeing some of this fundamental pushback now. Um, against the COVID vaccine. Well, yeah. Right. Cause I'm, I mean, in my orbit, the, I'm seeing it from mostly religious fundamentalists who are pushing back against getting the vaccine. I think the white evangelical right, as far as a group in America is the largest group who say they do not want to get the COVID vaccine. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm not, you know, to, to solve that, I guess, is part of, I think, something that I, I feel is really important. And Harari says this very well in the book. It's mm-hmm. it's the quality of our stories yes. that we bring to the future is yes. going to determine the quality of our life. Yeah. And so that just that just brings back to me the importance of storytelling overall and how that can, that, that literally molds humanity and how we move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like specifically with like the vaccine stuff that we're dealing with with right now, I haven't seen those stories. Like I haven't seen the stories that, that create personal, you know, connections Mm. and sympathy and empathy and then use that to explain the vaccine and why it's yeah. safe and why it works. And, and then just moving on from there, I've seen almost none of it. 
it's almost all facts. It's been, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been kind of disappointing Yeah, <laughs> from the healthcare industry, at least in America. What, how, how interesting would it be if we had, uh, an arm of government that was like the chief storytelling yeah. <laughs> group? Oh my goodness. That would, well, uh, we've seen examples of that mm. actually. Um, the Nazis certainly had that Oh, with Goebbels. Right. And, um, I know in film school, we studied Lenny Riefenstahl, who was the, the filmmaker for Hitler, who created these you know, grand, fantastic films that showed this, you know, um, unbelievable, you know, culture and world and the Olympics uh, in Berlin wow. and did a fantastic job of telling stories. Unreal. Yeah. And so, of course, it makes so much sense. Mm hmm. In order to get a group of people to do really yeah. monstrous things to other humans, they yeah. need to buy into a story. You right. know, that's that's extremely compelling, or at least to them. Yeah, those those films still are impressive if you watch some of them. Wow. Yeah. So, what does this mean for the future? As something that I think is really interesting, I I. I watched another segment of a video from Harari talking about how the future is going to change so rapidly, especially on the job front to navigate this, you have to become a master of change, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> which has been so difficult, just personally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's what he said. Like, you know, it's like you get to your midlife and your career and you're like, okay, well that whatever I was doing is going away. So let me reorganize and change my entire outlook and my entire identity and go in this different direction. And then he's like, and then 10 years after that, AI has taken over that. Right. And now <laughs> you, you say, okay, well, let me pick up and now I'm 50 and I need to <laughs> completely change my entire identity. It's like, how can you, how can you do that? <laughs> I know. And, and I mean, we're, I think we're going to see a lot of it soon. There are yes. little things here and there. Just like today, I was working with uh, a program uh, that works with YouTube to help you optimize your keywords and your titles Ooh. and your thumbnails. And it's all AI. <gasps> I mean, there's somebody wow. in the back end, I'm sure, putting in, you know, yeah. making it, obviously. But this is something that in corporations you would have had, you would have hired somebody to do. Oh yeah, like uh, two years ago or whatever, a year ago. Bingo. Yeah. So let it's, me do it. It's coming for us. It is coming. Uh, you know, in my career, ten years ago, I had to build systems, website systems specifically, almost from the ground up. Now you have an install which is just built over years of time and it takes care of all of that for you. Like, and now I have to focus on really optimizing that system instead of building it from the ground up. That's just a small example, yeah. not to mention artificial intelligence and how that's going to really revolutionize just so many industries. Yeah. So many things that humans do now, like we're going to have a mass amount of, 
what Harari called useless humans. Right. And, and what do you do with these people? Like, what's our story going to be around work when the majority of people don't have meaningful work to do? Yeah, that's going to be the, really interesting. The story we have right now around work certainly wouldn't work. Yeah. You know, it's especially linked to political parties where you have this idea that, well, you've just got to work for everything that you get and handouts are bad, you know, on one aisle and then, you know, the opposite, so to speak, on the other. Like, how is this going to even mesh when <laughs> nobody's, the majority of people don't have jobs? Yeah, it's going to be, oh man, it's going to be really interesting. We're going to be going from spending all of our time trying to survive to spending all of our time trying to be comfortable doing <laughs> things we like to, right? to trying to figure out what to do with all of our time. <laughs> Well, and that's not, that's, that's like a very small portion of it. The other mm -hmm. very interesting thing Harari talked about is how artificial intelligence is going to start augmenting human biology. Ooh. And he said, for the first time, you're going to see bio, bio, um, biological classes. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. Right. So you're going to have a group of people and you know, if, if anything in the world is, is going to be the same, it's probably this, this kind of technology that augments humans is going to be very expensive and only accessible to the wealthy. It's going to be haves and have nots. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it, as simple as that, if you could, if you could have some sort of augmentation where you can live a hundred more years, somebody's going to try to commercialize that. And I'm not arguing that that's a bad thing. Maybe it isn't a bad thing. It's just, I think, the way it's going to go. Yeah. So you're going to have two classes of people. And um, it's just one of it. You're going to have, you know, as Neuralink, uh, another Elon Musk company, mm -hmm. they're, they're building ways that you can embed a computer into your brain. And um, initially, it's going to be to fix you know, any kind of neurological, neurological issue, but eventually it's going to be for, um, healthy it's going humans. To be to enhance, yeah. That yeah. To us. enhance. Exactly. Yeah. This is where I feel like the, the religions, the wisdom traditions come in. Like this is where I, I feel like their actual role is not of the fundamentalists of those uh, wisdom traditions or, or religions, but I think these are the things that help or can help us uh, help inform us of how to embrace and use new technology in a more equitable way. Like that's where I feel like their role could be. It, it certainly could be. And I would say I you're, you're probably going to have a branch of that move in that direction yeah. as they, in, in a way, kind of remold the story right. to fit the current situation that's going on with technology and I think we've seen that over time, the kind of yeah. constant remolding of the constant. story. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's going to be we're, interesting to see how that, yeah. <laughs> that shape, we're, we're, shapes up. We're going to have to have some sort of value system that says, that, that continues on with our idea of human rights. Mm -hmm. That continues on with this idea that, um, you know, if, we, if none of us have jobs, 
should only the people that own the businesses be wealthy? Right. Like, like that's a question we'll have to answer. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, we we deal with that right now. Yeah. Certainly in American society and, you know, the justice system and healthcare. There yep. are definitely haves and have nots. Maybe we could, maybe we need to make a video about that, a film. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. A short film. <laughs> I just want my flying car in the future. <laughs> I feel like I should have it already. <laughs> right. Forget the car. I'm going straight for the teleporter. Oh, perfect. Yes. <laughs> Let's do that. Oh, man. Done. Uh, I love that. How are stories going to shape our future? Right? That's the that's it's a million, question. It's the million, billion, trillion dollar question. Well, I think that might do it for today. Unless there's anything else you would like to talk about. Nope. That's it. Okay. Well, I am Mike. I'm Stefan. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you.